the Lord also showed me a vision at the conference. He said, like, uh, like Gideon, there will be 300, 300 people you will start with. Uh, and if we have all our people back from holiday, I think we can have a hundred people worshipping together here. And that will be a third of the hundred. Եվ մենք պետք է աղոթենք որ այս եկեղեցինքը լցվի եւ մի աբան մենք փարաբանենք աստծոն Just to tell you that this Tuesday we will continue with our prayer meetings we have every Tuesday night. Uh, the message from the, the conference this week was from uh, the book of Nehemiah. Uh, and Nehemiah has people coming to him. One of whom is called Hinani. And he tells Nehemiah as it is. The walls of Jerusalem and the gates of Jerusalem are broken. Uh, so we need Hinanis to tell us as it, uh, our lives as it is. We need our Hinanis. If I am doing something wrong, I need a Hinani to tell me. Apart from my wife, of course, who is always a Hinani, who is always telling me how to do things. Uh, I, I, I need somebody, a spiritual brother, who will always see what see me, be with me, and know what I'm doing wrong, and tell me what I'm doing wrong. And this is what happens in our Tuesday night prayer meetings. We have our own Hinanis there. And we pray for each other. We pray for the church. That's why I really want, but beseech you to come and pray with us. You know, when you're away at a conference for a whole week, it's like a glimpse of heaven. It's like a glimpse of heaven on earth. When Peter was up there at the, at the transfiguration with Jesus, he said, Jesus, let's stay here. Let's build our tents here. Stay here. Jesus said to Peter, no, we have to go back to the world. We have to go back to the world to tell the others. And our problems start when we come back to the world. Because, because although we are in the world, we're not of this world. And people say, if only there weren't others. Every, the problem is always with others, never with me. If I was in some Pacific island paradise, by the sea, by the beach, by the with sand, if I had blue skies and sunshine, not like here, 
I'll be okay. There'll be no problem. I'll be very happy man. But of course, there's one problem. I have myself there. I am the problem. If I am there, I am a sinner. And there will be a fight in myself. And maybe nobody else to fight with, but the fight will be in myself or with God. I cannot escape my own sin. The problem is from within. The problem is with a rotten, sinful heart. And that's why nothing from outside can bring happiness. It, it, it may bring transient happiness, which will last a short time. But you will go back to the way you were before. Because, because you need something to change from within, a joy from inside. So Jesus took his disciples up on the mountain. He took his mountain disciples, only the disciples, remember these were believers, there were crowds downstairs. Jesus decided to go up on the mountain away from the crowds. And his disciples followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease. Just remember, just remember the order he did these things in. Teaching, preaching, healing. We want healing first without any teaching. So Jesus is taking his disciples up to teach them. He is a rabbi, he is a teacher. And then, when he is up on the mountain, the, the Bible, Matthew chapter 5. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we're up on the mountain. Jesus is seated. Casual teaching in those days used to be taken on foot. People would stand up and teach casually as they were going around. But when the teacher was seated, it was formal, heavy teaching. So Jesus is seated. This is formal, important teaching. The teacher sits and the students stand. Because if I was sitting and you were standing now, you would probably, you know, you'd be tired. The students were so enthralled with what he was saying, they, they felt no tiredness. And Jesus starts to teach them about the important principles of the kingdom of God. We call them the Beatitudes. It's a it's a prescription for Christian living. Once the Holy Spirit comes in us and we, He changes us from inside, these are the stages we go through. Blessed. Blessed are those. Blessed means happy. Contrary to what people, some people think, God wants us to be happy. He doesn't want a dour Christian. He wants a happy Christian. He's given us a prescription here of how to obtain a happy life. A contented, a happy life. Just like if you were ill, I'd give you a prescription. If you had a heart problem, I'd give you a prescription for your heart condition. He's giving us a prescription here for the condition of our lives. Those people from Cyprus are now going to be very happy now. Because the word blessed comes the word makarios. And this makarios was used to describe the island of Cyprus. Makarios para kiprosin akin anunner. Of course, you know, uh, I was born there, but you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are happy. We're blessed people. We're from Cyprus. Kiprosi, no, 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 the sunshine. They thought they had it all. They needed nothing else. 
Կիպրոսի ժողովուրդը մտածում են որ նրանք ունեն ինչ որ պետք է կյանքում երժանիկ լինելու համար ավել բան պետք չեր And we even in Cyprus even had the archbishop Macarius you know from uh, he was Կիպրոսում ենք ունենք քահանա սրբազան Macarius And it means self-contained happiness self-contained we need nothing else ուրիշ բանի կարիք չկա And Jesus wants us to help this self-contained happiness. self-contained joy, joy and contentment. So we have need for nothing else. It's inside. And these are the attributes God wants us to have. Եվ այս իրանիները այդ այդ երջանկության հատկանիշներն են։ Happiness of the non-Christian is here today gone tomorrow and determined by outside circumstances. Անհավատի երջանկությունը այսօր կա վաղը չկա եւ կախված է արտաքին գործոններից եւ հանգամանքներից։ God's happiness is much deeper. Աստուրախությունը շատ ավելի խորն է գնում։ Դա մշտական երջանկությունը։ It's already inward and it's there always. And this happiness is independent of anything else outside. A life of inner purpose. We cannot find joy from outside circumstances. King Solomon had it all. He had, wealth. He had food. He had all the women he could deal with. He had the wisdom, he had education. Yet he was unhappy. We are made for God. Մենք ստեղծված ենք աստծո համար։ Not material things. Որտեն յութական բաների համար։ Happiness comes from within. Երջանկությունը բխում է ներսից։ So, ուրեմն, what is he teaching beginning to teach? Teaching Հիսուսը ինչ է սկսում ես դասավանդել։ Not he's telling him to forget worldly things. Հիսուսը նրանց ասում է որ նրանք մոռանան աշխարհի կբաներ։ This teaching is not for the world. Այս ուսմունքը աշխարի համար չէ։ This teaching is for people who are in the kingdom of heaven. Այս ուսմունքը ուղված է հավատացյալներին։ It must be our characteristics. Ուրեմն մենք պիտի այս ուսմունքը հասկանաս, որպես մեր հատկանիշները, որոնք մեզ պետք են։ And these beatitudes are the door. Երանիները մուտքն են, դուրն են։ Door to the rest of the sermon on the mount. դուրն են դեպի լեռանք հարոզի մնացած մասերը։ If you don't get through that door you cannot achieve the rest of the sermon on the mount. You cannot be salt of the earth. You cannot be the light of the world. Եթե իրաների իրանիների իրանիների մուտքով մարդը մտնի լեռանք հարոզը, ուրեմն հնարավոր չէ իրականացնել լեռանք հարոզի մնացած ուսմունքը, այսինքն եկեք աշխարի աղա եւ այլն։ And in the beatitudes as a logical progression. Եվ իրանիներում կա տրամաբանական հերթականություն։ One beatitude leads to the next. Մի երանի բերում է մյուսին։ 
You cannot get become merciful until you start poor in spirit. Each beatitude is connected to the other. One beatitude leads you to the next beatitude. So today, I'm going to look at the first two. I saw yes, I'm proposing just to look at this every other Sunday. And during this month of August, where there aren't so many people here, it's good, it's good to teach and also to please ask questions afterwards whenever, whenever you want. This is not preaching. When you preach, you hear a word from God and you preach it to the congregation. And this is teaching. And uh, teaching you get from God direct. You get from your pastor. You get in your house groups. And you get as you do as you do your Bible study from other other sources as well. And I'm very grateful to uh, Alvin Wall of Calvary Calvary Chapel. Calvary Calvary Chapel. For helping me with some of this teaching. So Jesus starts off with. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Just be careful here. It doesn't say blessed are the poor. There's no advantage in being poor, believe me. The poor are not necessarily more spiritual. Just by... Being poor, you Poverty does not guarantee spirituality. Many poor live all their lives hoping to be rich. For instance, they'll spend all their money on the lottery. With the slim hope of becoming rich. They want to get rich quick. That's what people want in the world want. They want to get rich quick. Become some become obsessed with money. Even more obsessed than some of the rich can be. And they may become bitter and angry because of their poverty. He's not talking about physical poverty. He's talking here about spiritual poverty. The poverty of the nature of man. The natural man's Inward part, poverty in spirit. Nobody will ever come to the kingdom of heaven until they realize their spiritual poverty. 
It's a fundamental characteristic of all Christians. You cannot become saved and become a Christian until you have this beatitude in your heart. And it's a natural consequence of seeing yourself uh, in the light of God. Seeing yourself as God sees you, not as you see yourself. Not, not as your mommy and daddy sees you. Right? As God sees you. In the light of God, we see our poverty. We see His majesty. We see how poor, how what bad people we are compared to the way we were supposed to be. Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Fallen short of the glory of God. Not short of Ray. Not short of George. We prefer to compare ourselves to other people. And when we compare ourselves to others, we always choose somebody who's uh, who's worse than us. So we look good. We look good. But the Bible says, don't compare yourself with other people. Compare yourself to the glory of God. See yourself in that light as you really are. I remember when I became a Christian 26 years ago, that's the first thing that happened to me. It was like, God, the light of God was like a, an x-ray. These days we would say MRI scan. <laughs> it's like an x-ray. It actually showed my inside. It was like a X-ray, echocardiogram, MRI scan, the lot. It showed my heart as it really was. Because you let your light of God, the light of God shine on you and he will show you your your sin. You realize how spiritually bankrupt you are. How poor in spirit you are. And your character is flawed through and through. First step to becoming, coming into the kingdom of God is to recognize that you're a sinner. Isaiah, he saw a vision of God in the temple. Isaiah, chapter 6. He saw the vision of God. He saw God's light. God's light shone on him. Isaiah has said, Woe is me! Woe is me! 
I am dead, I'm a sinner. He saw himself, he saw himself as he really is. Not only did he see himself as he really is, he saw himself as all the people around him as they really are too. I am unclean. And all my Rows around, oh, those around me are unclean. I am unclean for my eyes have seen the king. Daniel said, my righteousness is like filthy rags. Even our best, even our best things, which things we are really good at. Even when we think we are really wonderful in helping people. We are like filthy rags to God. What did Peter say to Jesus? Depart from me. When Jesus came to face to face with Peter and Peter realized his spiritual poverty, he said, Depart from me, I am a sinner. After revelation of Jesus came to him, he realized he was a sinner. And that sinfulness brought humility. That recognition of the sinfulness. We have to see our spiritual poverty. We have to see our, our spiritual poverty and throw ourselves at His mercy. We have to come to our knees for His mercy. God, we re I realize what I am. Save me from eternal damnation. And this spiritual poverty, this realization of spiritual poverty, even after we become a, a Christian, once we're born again, it still has to go on. We still have to compare ourselves to God's Light. God, we would need to ask for God's grace every single day of our lives. Don't suddenly say, oh, I'm saved, I'm an hour, I've got new life, I'm superior to others because you're not. And when I realize my spiritual poverty, takes me to the next step. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. Who mourn. Blessed, happy. I think are those who happy are those, happy are those who are sad. Typical Jesus teaching. Typical Jesus teaching. Totally different to the world. 
լրիվ հակասում է աշխարի պատկերացում for our spiritual poverty. A lot of people get this passage wrong as well. They think it's mourning for, for people who passed away. It's not for that. It's for, it's, it's, an, it's for our spiritual grieving. The Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done in the past. I'm sorry for the flaws and weaknesses in my character. I'm conscious of my deceitfulness. I'm a deceiver. The way I've treated others. My selfishness, my pride, my big mouth, my flesh, the lusts I have, the wrong desires I have. That's spiritual mourning. Mourning because God has shown us what we have been like in the past. It's the same, same those sins uh, that he, uh, he caused him agony on the cross. Our mourning for our own spiritual poverty is a small amount compared to how much he has actually given for us for Christ. Wars, famine, disease, all due to sin. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn for the wars, disease and famine that the world is, is, is causing. And it's ongoing mourning. Ongoing mourning for all the wrongs of this world. We, we, mustn't turn, we mustn't turn a blind eye to all the wrongs of this world. Not to condemn others. But we want to be more like Jesus. The right way to feel about sin. And to mourn sin is like Jesus. When Jesus looked at the world, he looked at Jerusalem, he mourned, he cried. Continual grief over the multitude of people. 
Like sheep lost without a shepherd. Jesus mourned for them. Praise God. What's the next sentence after blessed are those who mourn? For they will be comforted. Well, I'm in the state of sorrow for my sin. The Lord comforts me. Because He's provided forgiveness for me. The cross of Calvary is, com- is comfort for me because I know that I've been, my sins have been forgiven. And is already provided for my Rottenness. He took every sin we could possibly commit onto the cross with, with him. And each sin died on the cross. He had victory over our sins. So that we, we believe in him. When we mourn our sins, we can be forgiven. It's provided. Woman caught in adultery. You've been forgiven. Go, but then what did he say? Go and sin no more. When we mourn for our sins, he saves us. He comforts us. He's close to us. This sorrow leads to great joy. His Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Leads us to mourning. to healing and comfort. He must empty us before He can fill us. Without the sorrow of repentance, there is no joy of forgiveness. We have to go through that sorrow of repentance so that we can have the joy of repentance. No more sorrow. When Jesus comes back, no more no more no more sin, no more death, no more tears, no more tears, no more tears, no more tears, there, there is no comfort in the world. The world is going downhill fast. In the last ten years it's gone downhill so fast. I, I dread to think what it's going to be like in the next ten years. Our so-called cleverest in the world, our politicians, the cleverest, the, the cleverest 
The cleverest people in the country can do nothing. They can do nothing. The world is deteriorating. We can mourn over this world. But be comforted. Because we know the end. We know the end is coming closer. We know the kingdom of our Lord is coming closer. So the Christian mourns for the world. He's sorrowful. But he's not miserable. He's not miserable. He's serious, but he's not gloomy. Because we are comforted. Comforted that provision has been made for us. So before joy of forgiveness, the sorrow for sin. Once you realize your spiritual poverty, once you mourn for your spiritual poverty, then you become a meek person. Become a meek person. You cannot become a meek person until you've gone through those two stages. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek, I'm going to stop here. I just want to say, meekness does not mean weakness. The meekest people are the strongest people. The word meekness comes from the from a, a, a stallion, a horse, a strong horse, or an ox. A stallion who has been broken, who allows his rider to ride him. Before he was wild. Now he's broken. He hasn't lost his strength. He's still got all the strength of a stallion. But he allows his master to ride him. And when we become meek people, we are strong people. We allow our master to lead our lives. We're not wild people anymore. We allow him. We allow him to guide us. That meekness leads to a thirst for, for righteousness. They're the two things we'll be looking at next. Uh, have you repented of your sins? Do you know that you're a sinner compared to God? Have you, have you compared yourself to the way God has actually meant you to be? If you haven't, take that first step of the first beatitude tonight. Come forward after the meeting, we'll pray for you. We will pray that you accept Christ in your life. You will make that first inner change. Because Christ being a follower of Christ is not like it's not a religion. 
Religion gives you a set of things to to follow. Every religion gives you a set of rules to follow. And you will fail everyone in your life. It has to be from inside. Christ's love has to be inside us. Everything which is done by force, by rules, will eventually crumble. That's why communism crumbled, because it was with, with force. Islam will crumble. Hinduism will crumble. Jehovah's Witnesses will crumble. Because they are religions. They are religions. Not changes of heart. Muhammad cannot change your heart. Nobody can change your heart apart from Jesus Christ. Because he is the only one who forgave your sins on the cross. He is the only one that can change you. So that these things happen naturally from inside you. So that you are happy to do them. Not forced to do them. You do them because you love him. Praise God for him. Praise God for him. Let's just stand up. Let's have one song to finish the meeting. After that we'll have tea and biscuits at the back. Choose a song right
Let's close with a prayer. Lord Jesus, it's so good to hear what you teach us. Lord, your values, your principles, your procedures and systems are so totally different to what's in the world. And just thank you that you uh, change us from within. Thank you that you stir us up from within. You renew us. You give us new life. Thank you that you are in the business of changing hearts. Thank you for changing my heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you that uh, we can go out into the world knowing that no matter how uh, much we fail, no matter how much we need you, Lord, you will supply our need. You will meet us and you will go with us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this time. Thank you for Charles' ministry of teaching here. Thank you that we've learned from you tonight, Lord Jesus. We ought to praise you.